How are you, sir? Welcome to Talking Context with Tim, Cody, and Tyler. We are uh, joined and very honored to have Gus Guadagnino here with us on the podcast this week. Uh, he is uh, the owner of Joni Industries and the founder of Veterans Heat Factory. Briefly, I'll just let you guys know he's an amazing guy. He's done a lot for us as far as, well, he's done more than a lot, but he donates his time, his resources, half of his building so that we're able to have the heat factory, help veterans, and he's on today to kind of ex expound upon that and uh, kind of elaborate a little bit more on how he came to the conclusion to, to open up the heat factory to start it up and to and uh, some of the things that he's looking forward to doing with us in the future. So, again, thank you for listening today, and welcome, Gus. How are you? I'm doing fine. Let me just uh, clarify something. Uh, I am honored to be with you guys. You guys. Because <laughs> uh, if you didn't do what you did, I wouldn't be here today. And uh, prosperity comes from our freedom that we have. And it was because of you guys out there on battlefields that made it all happen. So I thank you for that. So um, you're from the area, but you're not from the area. You've moved here a very long time ago, 30 plus years ago, correct? It's about 35 years ago I moved from New York City. Okay. Mm -hmm. And started a company out here, business. And um, you were affiliated with another organization that helped veterans. Yep. And um, prior to this one, you were a big part of that as well. And so... Can you briefly tell us, kind of tell us how you came to the conclusion of uh, how did you come to the, I want to start the Heat Factory. Mm -hmm. Where did it all come from? Because I just walked in the door one day and I was lucky enough to be, to meet you, so. Well, believe it or not, it came from a prayer. Uh, I'm not a veteran, as you know. Uh, not that I didn't want to be one. My father was in the Army. Mm -hmm. uh, pictures of him, but he would never speak about it. Gus, I did what I had to do. I'm proud I had to do it. Uh, but I pray to God you're never in my shoes. So with that, I, no interest in the Army. My cousins were in the Navy, and they used to come back and go talk Navy. about go Navy. <laughs> <clears throat> talk about a, a great way to protect your country, see the world, and all that. So, mm -hmm. long story short, that's the way route I wanted to go. At that time, uh, they didn't want me because I was colorblind, mm. so I never served. Um, I, I always had a little guilt about that, uh, and I think that's why I'm involved in my community so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was 60 years old, I turned 60. I was thanking God for what I have and where we are and all that. My family, everybody's healthy. And I was looking for another something to help my community with. And uh, after a lot of prayers and hearing the words, serve those who served your country, mm. I says, well, that's something I need to do. And I mm -hmm. did try doing that when I, uh, I joined the auxiliary, VFW, but uh, the men's auxiliary didn't last too long and I think they're up and running again, but uh, anyway. So when I heard that in my prayer, I put it out to my business community. If you know anybody that's doing an event for veterans, let me know. I'd like to help out. Two months passed, probably time of year, nothing happened. Right. So uh, I got a call from an accountant that said there was a, uh, a professor from St. Leo that was in the woods working with a dog trainer to see if there's a correlation <laughs> between a, a dog that can sense adrenaline and veterans with PTSD. Thought about it, and I, I know a little bit from my college days, but uh, I never felt like I could do anything to help. Mm -hmm. But then I thought about it and says, if there's a dog, a veteran there with a dog, and dog does his business, and I pick up that business, well, I'm helping a veteran. We're right. going to start there. And that's where this all started. 
Uh, so I go up there and never I, too small, right? It's never, never too, too small. Never an action too small. You got that right. So it's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm not dogs. Okay, humans. I won't do it. <laughs> Unless they're my grandchildren, I'll do it. Gladly. So. Uh, God works in strange ways, and the person that was the uh, professor up there happened to be somebody that I knew 25 years ago, maybe even longer than that, when she lived in town, and she wasn't a professor at the time. Mm-hmm. But she went her way, I went up my way, and we really didn't communicate that much. Right. But she told me all about the PTSD, the 22 a day that killed themselves, the uh, drugs, the alcohol. I said, you know what, this is what he wants me to get involved in. How can I help you? Mm. So uh, they, they says they needed money, and they needed a place because they were in the woods. I said, well, I don't have the kind of money to make a game changer, but I know a lot of people. I could find you some space. And it had to be close to six weeks, and I heard every reason why uh, vacant space couldn't be used for a veteran and a dog and liabilities and insurance Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I was depressed because it was a week before I had to go back there and tell them I was a failure. And uh, I decided that I got this far. I don't know how I got here. But I'm going to make a move, and I don't know how I'm going to get from here on in. But I basically cleaned out a lot of my manufacturing business and put them in here. And uh, I became chairman of the board for three years of uh, Canine Partners for Patriots. And let me tell you, folks, I, like the real deal, like he when he says he cleaned out his manufacturing, like it's a huge warehouse. Like he cleaned out half of his business. The only thing he has left for the most part is some office space and stuff that he keeps for himself. He's donated so much of everything that he has to to the veterans. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, that's okay. By the way, that small space, Diane just pushed me out of that one, too. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, the, 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 the professor in the woods is Diane Scotland Coogan, yes. our, uh, our director of behavioral, be, uh, director of behavior here at the Veterans Heat Factory. So, social. Uh, yeah. So that program there was an excellent program for a veteran uh, to start thinking about their self-worth, their self-esteem, and all that. But what had happened was um, they used to come back and visit. And two veterans on a particular week gave me the same kind of horrible feeling. Uh, One graduated a year before, and the other one was about six months. And I walked over to them, and I was proud for them, and a lot of spirit in me. I said, you know, I have things going. And Mm -hmm. I basically got nothing, no expression or anything. I said, don't you remember me? Sure, you're Gus. So how's your life? And they basically said that the life is still the same. They have a dog next to them, and when they're dreaming, and they, the dog will wake them up, so the adrenaline, or when they're nervous, the dog will help them. But they had aspirations to do something with their lives, and they gave me the words that they didn't, because they were military, I think they, they were trying to be cordial about it, but basically the world was turning their back on them because mm-hmm. they put down PTSD or whatever. And I, I just had this feeling that we can't stop here. We got to take it to the next level. And we got to do something to get that military person into a civilian head, into society, whether it be going to school, a job, whatever, relationships. And, it's, and, it's and that's unfo- where the heat started. It's unfortunate because so many of us do feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I feel like more of the apprehension for help is the, the fear of what other people think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we know we need help for a long time. And right. then it, it comes out to like you asked those guys, they knew they needed help. They right. didn't know how. They didn't know mm-hmm. they're scared to ask for help. Am I gonna be crazy? Are you gonna take my guns? Are you gonna is my wife gonna leave me? Yep. Or mm-hmm. my friends gonna hate me? You know, like these are the things that we think about and it sound to people who don't 
suffer from PTSD. It's like, man, how the fuck could you think that? Right. Like, how could you think that? I love you. You're my brother or mm -hmm. you're my nephew or you're my husband. I would never think mm -hmm. we can't explain why we think that way. So I'm, I'm glad that well, whatever uh, was in your spirit, uh, you took notice of that in those veterans. And that's yeah. kind of what set you on this path. So then what, after doing well, that and then you started, you came up with the idea for the heat. For the heat, for, yes. What mm -hmm. happened from there then? So, uh, well, let, let me just stay on that topic uh, of people not feeling like there's a, more like there's an abnormality that is taking place with a veteran. Mm -hmm. It's that last letter, that mm -hmm. PTSD. And yes. as you know, I hate that D. I know you do, uh, yes. Because I don't believe it's a dysfunction. I believe it's an injury. Uh, and you ask a human being to do things that human beings weren't created to do, and over and over, you're going to have some kind of injury. It's the invisible injury that people don't see. Right. Uh, but what happened was we started it, and uh, we had a few veterans coming through it, and... Every quarter, we like to do a lunch and learn, mm -hmm. and uh, it's open to anybody. That the first one that we did, which uh, was a very successful one, was and and I built it over the uh, remember the Woody Allen movie, Everything You Want to Know About Sex, but was afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Well, we built it as Everything You Want to Know About PTSD was afraid to ask. <laughs> we got people from all different walks of life. They weren't just veterans. They they just weren't uh, men. They weren't women. There was children. There was everybody there. Uh, it turned out that there was a first responder there, and he brought his family there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that led into him becoming part of the program. And as you know, that grew into other first responders and other veterans and family members. And because, yep. you know what, it, it's just not the person that has that injury. It affects the mates. It affects the children and all that. And that's one of the things that we keep on pulling on is that we're all family structured. Right. And we work with everybody. And it's definitely felt throughout the program through the minute from the second you walk through the doors, you understand that this is a family, a community. Mm -hmm. And it was a, that was a huge thing for me because, you know, when I sat down with you and mm -hmm. I've spoken on, on air about my story a little bit. And when, you know, when Jose was I was like, yo, I'm out of here. I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'll give him a call. And, you know, and he's. He says, hold on, let me give him a call. And you, without a hesitation, Gus, you said, send him over right now. I was standing right next to him when he made that phone call. Mm -hmm. And you, he's, and I come over and no judgment, no nothing. You just looked at me and you just like, what can, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And that felt so relieving, I guess is the mm -hmm. word, um, that there was a total stranger out there that didn't give two shits about what was wrong with me. You just wanted to help me. Uh, you know, it, it's... I cannot look at a veteran and not count my blessings. Uh, and uh, anybody that... Uh, there's a lot of people that are not as passionate as I am. I'm very passionate about it. But uh, I lived through the coming home of the Vietnam War and how veterans were treated and spit on and the whole baby-killing thing and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. The most horrible, horrible reception I've ever seen for anybody that put their ass on the line. It's crazy. And uh, I hope that by us doing what we're doing, there's a lot more respect for veterans than yes. there was before. And that's one of the things that I, I strive that I want to do is besides helping the veteran, we, we're creating a culture in this town of caring for our veterans, mm -hmm. you know? It's uh, Americans, uh, they take a lot for granted, you know? And you live through it, and uh, when the Twin Towers went down, yeah, uh, sure I did. couldn't. I couldn't hold enough flags in here. Yeah, we sell flags. Uh, every street you went down, it was twenty, at least twenty flags on each each street. Uh, 
six months later, and then I want that, and to piggyback off of that, I want to thank you for being because by you creating this program and in the circumstances that it came about was a proactive thing. Mm -hmm. You weren't reactive at all. Like no. you were looking for something to to change the 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 status quo mm -hmm. or the conversation per se. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough for that no. because it's starting to, it feels like in the veteran community, that's starting to be more of the, the thing now. Mm -hmm. Not just because you are a veteran, you want to help veterans, but just mm -hmm. because it's just the right thing to do. And let's be proactive. Let's not wait until there's a tragedy and then we want to, everybody wants to wave a flag or do this or that's do that. Right. Like, let's respect that and not take it for granted every mm -hmm. day. And that's definitely what I feel from the yep. Heat Factory mm -hmm. and yeah. from you daily, yeah. for sure, is that I... I never feel taken for granted uh -huh. here, ever. And uh, I hope that if anyone else who's listening, they want to come in or they even call and we're going to, or modules online, you will never feel, I promise you, you can't, it's impossible to feel taken for granted yeah. by Gus, bro. It's so not I got to tell you something. I was at a, uh, a women's group and we were talking about veterans and first responders. And I told them how I feel about that letter on the end. But a couple of times that I spoke, I used PTSD, and then some woman came over to me and says, you almost sound hypocritic. I says, why? She says, because sometimes you use it and sometimes you don't. I said, well, I'm talking about a veteran. I'm talking about PTS. End of story. When I'm talking about PTSD, I'm talking about people that serve democracy. Not, not anything to do with the injury. These are people that serve democracy, and that's what makes this country so great. So if you hear me saying PTSD, it's ex that's what it is. People that serve democracy, PTSD. Okay. Well, I'm glad you made that clear for our listeners at home because mm -hmm. that, that's good to know. Well, you got to uh, change the meaning of it. Yeah. Just got to change the meaning yeah, of it. Yeah, if you change the conversation, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I think then we can start to meet in the middle and we can kind of have a conversation, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we live in, a, I think, in a society, like you said, of kind of we take things for granted. So it's kind of like a cookie cutter and mm -hmm. people, it's kind of sheeple kind of mentality. And it's the disruptors in this world that make the change. Yep. Right, it's mm -hmm. that fish that goes against the flow of the yeah. other fish. So uh, I can't, I, I can't thank you enough for what you do, Gus. I mean, there's no thank you is needed by any means. Listen, there's a lot of thank you. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm. I have so much more to be thankful for. But I, I should have been thankful before, but I couldn't see it, mm -hmm. and it was because of your patience, Diane's support, your support. You know, like the modules, the, the the community that we build and the friends that I'm making here, mm -hmm. with, you know, with Cody and Tyler, like these things wouldn't have happened if mm -hmm. you didn't just, I know that the other things are hard for you and mm -hmm. what you deal with because you carry a lot because you're the one that's doing a lot, but yeah. it should be said on how oh, thank you. you are amazingly balancing all of this. And, and you could not get my wife to agree with that one. At all. That I'm balanced. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I only see the I only see this side, so well, I can't wait to get home and tell her. Oh <laughs> man, I hope she hears. I hope she hears this one. Maybe it'll help her give her a laugh, let her crack a smile. You know what the beauty of all this is, is that every veteran and every first responder is unique. Mm -hmm. You can't cook, you cut this. You can't. So you have to have a very program, and I think by you and Cody and everybody getting together and. You all touch everybody in different ways. Thank so, you. And it's veterans helping veterans and first responders helping respond. Because, you know, veterans are culture. Just yes. like Spanish is, Italian is, veterans are a culture. Yes, and, very much so. Uh, but the blending is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, we 
it's just it's it's crazy to see how fast it's all coming together mm-hmm. and over the last few months i know that you've been really pounding the pavement and working mm-hmm. at this when no one was listening so i hope that people are listening now that we have this platform mm-hmm. and we're able to reach maybe more people and That'd be great. Uh, help some more veterans even you know every veteran we could help is just i know how important one life is because it was mine yep. so mm-hmm. um that was that's just a huge thing for me so unfortunately there's a lot of veterans that feel they got it handled but oh i did for 20 yeah. years i mean i thought i had it handled the whole time mm-hmm. and it wasn't until it wasn't day one that i walked in here right. that i knew oh shit i got ptsd but it was after meeting diane after sitting through multiple modules and actually listening to other people first responders and veterans and understanding like okay i'm not alone mm-hmm I'm not the only one who thinks I have it handled and I got it figured out, and I really don't, you know. And that I that started to change my perspective, mm-hmm. and then I start to think, because at first you sit down, and you're like, this is just mumbo jumbo right. psychology. This shit ain't gonna work That's on right. me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every veteran who's been to the heat factory or first responder and sat down in those modules thinks the same thing from day one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that most of us would say, if not all, that. Within a month or two, you're like, this works. Yep. It just works. On some level, mm-hmm. it works for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then different speeds. Mm-hmm. And, and like I had told you the last time we were together, that the, the two, I believe, the two biggest words that make everything work is collaboration, collaboration with the community, mm-hmm. and purpose for the veteran. Got to have purpose. 100%. You know? And I didn't know... I. I you know, from the very beginning, that's something you and Diane have always spoken about, like trying to find us all purpose, like mm-hmm. we find a job or something to do to, you know, just to keep us busy, yeah. to keep it, to get us going, like to get the momentum. Mm-hmm. And I didn't put enough value into it. What you guys will really, because you guys see mm-hmm. what's really needed. We don't know. Right. We're in the mm-hmm. muck, you know, but it. now I know now mm-hmm. that I'm. I feel different. I want to wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I do this podcast once a week with the guys and stuff, but all week long, I can't wait till the next time right. we record. I can't wait to come in here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and say, hey, Cody, what do we have next? What are we going to do for a fundraiser? Are we trying to do, what are we doing for the cornhole or tournament? Or what are we doing for, right. you know, and now I want to do this. Uh-huh. It's not a need. It's not, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be of service as much as possible. And it sounds cheesy. I know some, you're at home and you're like, fuck no, this is bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bro, I was there. I was there eight months ago, nine months ago, a year ago. I was that guy that thought that this was all mumbo jumbo and bullshit. Yep. And it's not just here, but people, you know, veterans will get outside the world and some are back in school and some are jobs and uh, you got to have purpose in life. Yeah. You just got to have purpose. But even, I've done those things. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. gone to school and, and I still didn't have purpose because well, I wasn't right with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the heat program comes in. And, and it's something that Cody and I have spoken about before on air where there's a, it's kind of a big thing to myself is the transition for military members when they get out. Mm-hmm. That is the, that should be the number one priority because it's like having a healthy workforce, mm-hmm. right? You get better workers out of them, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same concept. If the military member is leaving and now he's going to be a member of the of society and be a civilian or a citizen, mm-hmm. this veteran 
what they would cost the VA so much less money if you took care of them right before they got out. That's right. If you properly skilled them, tech, gave them the skills and techniques or the tools they needed, mm-hmm. not everybody who comes out has PTSD. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are not everybody who's been to combat has PTSD either. Right. And it's not everybody who's, if you haven't been, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, and, we, and we don't erase PTS. Right. We, that doesn't get erased, but you learn how to deal with it. Uh, and you, you get, you know, your triggers and when they happening and how to, how to calm yourself down from all of that. It's knowing yourself. Yes. It's and that's what, and so I, I think this, this project could be not, this could be a huge program and project like on a bigger level someday, mm-hmm. because I know what it's done for me and at, and I've been out since 2005. So I mm-hmm. can't imagine what it might do for a, a veteran who's three months before they're getting out and they just have to go once a week to kind of just do the module and kind of talk through things and cut. Maybe there's something that happened to them. You know what what I mean? And as a transitional (laughs) period for them to get out and then they get out on their regular EAOS, they go about their life, but now they're, they're equipped a little bit better to move forward. This is just a suggestion. This is just something that pops in my head. It's my, it's my major business plan that this to develop into a public private partnership where the government will set up situations like this and have them go through a program like this. You just got to. I just think we all should. And it's a very, it's an inexpensive and efficient program. Yes. When you look at all the other programs out there and Mm -hmm. what they cost per veteran. I agree. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, moving forward in the future, we can somehow it gets manifested and things happen, Mm -hmm. you know, where not just somehow, because we're not waiting for things to fall out of the sky. We're putting in the work. We're trying to, be known we're trying to get our message out there and get our mission statement out there to people to understand that who we are what we're about here at the heat factory so um well you know what since i got an audience i should clarify i says that it's effective and efficient that doesn't mean we don't need donations that is correct i just want to throw that out there <laughs> and and it, it's we it should be noted that mm-hmm. we do need donations because not for us but for the program mm-hmm. And in order for the lights to stay on, everybody has to pay for the lights. You, you know, it, that's what it comes down to, the utilities, um, mm-hmm. you know, just things like that, just paper for the copying machine, like all of that costs money. And that gets, you know, we do get donations from different people mm-hmm. here and there. And we are very grateful and very um, honored that we that they think of us and they give us those donations, everything from a coffee maker to a co- copy paper. We get little things here and there. But let's be honest and let's be real. Uh, you know, like we could use donations as yeah. as a program as the Heat Factory well, because you know when, when the you, essentials. When we bring in an instructor for a class, or you got you know, social workers uh, and you know, therapists and all that, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much you can get out of volunteerism. And then you know, right, yeah, I agree. And so. um, but I believe America the Beautiful will come doing, through for us. I agree, and we're doing it. We're doing it here. We're we're making it happen to the best of our abilities. So um, I looked at, I look forward to having you on again, Gus. Thank I you for being and, on. Uh, thank you for me being able to have the life I have. Oh, you're you're way too kind. Cause... No, that, you know what? As you know, I sit on a lot of boards, and I, I talk to a lot of boards about. And in this town too, there's not that much money, so everybody that has a nonprofit and all that. But without a veteran and without a first responder, everything else you raise money for would not exist. I agree. So that's first. And foremost. Real quick, you know, I hand out, whenever I see a veteran, I hand out one of these American flags that say veterans mm-hmm. on them, and I thank him for it. Walking into Winn-Dixie, I saw this veteran, and he looked like probably a Vietnam War veteran. Mm-hmm. And I gave it, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. 
This man gave me thanks. He couldn't stop thanking me for like 10 minutes. And I'm saying, I'm thanking you. No, you, you don't understand. Because he was one of those veterans that came back that, you know, was AIDS and spit on and baby killing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Old generation. And that sure. little token of appreciation, absolutely. It was almost to the point where I almost felt like, I'm sorry I gave this to you because I'm feeling real guilty yeah. about all this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just caring goes a long way. I love you guys. I love you too, Gus. Thank you again. Thank you. And um, thank you for listening to Talk in Context with Tim, Cody, and Tyler. And um, remember, everyone has value. Stay forward. Stay positive. Have a great day.